Okay. Hello, everyone. Good evening. The West Hollywood Planning Commission acknowledges that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the city of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrieleño Tongva and Gabrieleño Keech peoples. This planning commission meeting is being live broadcast and teleconferenced on the city's website and is also provided on a wide array of streaming media platforms to offer access to the public to the fullest extent possible. You may call in to make a comment and you may also listen to this meeting by dialing 669-900-6833. Meeting ID is 826-2481-1668 and then press the pound sign. WeHo TV staff have confirmed that this planning commission meeting is currently streaming successfully on Spectrum Channel 10 and online at weho.org slash WeHo TV. In addition, and as a courtesy, this meeting is also successfully streaming on the city's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash WeHo TV and on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, and Android TV. WeHo TV staff monitor this broadcast on all platforms throughout the meeting and will notify the Planning Commission Secretary should broadcast disruptions arise. Please do not interrupt the live meeting by calling or texting the Planning Commissioners about difficulties viewing the meeting. Please understand that internet speeds, device reliability, third-party platform reliability, and individual or personal technical issues are out of the scope of this broadcast. If you are experiencing viewing difficulties while watching this live stream, please reload the page or visit weho.org slash wehotv to access our official live stream and to view a list of other available streaming options and a guide to troubleshoot your connection. If you continue to experience difficulties, you can also call 323-848-3151. With that, I'm gonna call this meeting to order. Uh, thank you again for coming, everyone. This is a regularly scheduled meeting of the West Hollywood Planning Commission. It is Thursday, uh, June, almost said July, June 15th, thank you. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Um, may I ask Genevieve Morrill to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Thank you, Madam Chair. Place your hand over your heart, and we begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, our next item of business uh, is administering the oath of office to reappointed planning commission members Kimberly Copeland, Michael Lombardi, and Eric Matos. I believe uh, Ms. Crowder will be re-administering or administering the oath of office. They thought I was taller. I think we're all here. Okay. Raise your right hand. I, Kimberly Copeland. I, Kimberly Copeland. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That while serving in the office. That while serving in the office. As a planning commissioner as a planning commissioner of the city of West Hollywood, the city of West Hollywood, that I will support and defend, that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the State of California, and the Constitution of the State of California, that I will bear true faith and allegiance, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States, to the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the State of California, and the Constitution of the State of California, 
that I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without mental reservation. Without mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully. Discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter. Discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter. Raise your right hand. I, Michael Lombardi. I, Michael Lombardi. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That while serving in the office. That while serving in the office. Of planning commissioner. Of planning commissioner. For the city of West Hollywood. For the city of West Hollywood. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely that I take this obligation freely without mental reservation without mental reservation or purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter congratulations thank you your right hand. I, Eric Matos. I, Eric Matos. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That while serving in the office. That while serving in the office. As planning commissioner. As planning commissioner. For the city of West Hollywood. For the city of West Hollywood. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully. Discharge the duties di upon which I'm about to enter. Discharge the duties upon which I am about to enter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and congrats. Item four, roll call. David, will you please lead us in roll call? Uh, thank you. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Matos. Present. Commissioner Lombardi. Present. Commissioner Gregoire. Present. Commissioner Edwards. Commissioner Copeland. Present. Commissioner Carvalero. Present. Chair Jones. Here. And we have a quorum. Great, item five is a special order of business, uh, comes but once a year, and uh, those are items 5A and B, our election of chair and vice chair. Uh, I believe uh, Ms. Crowder will again be 
kind of running this this evening, um, but I did just want to make a note in consultation with the city attorney that, um, just to my fellow commissioners, that this is um, something that is our decision as a body, so if you received any calls or any comments from any external parties, that you can feel free to ignore them um, or, you know, take them as you like, um, and that is, this is, you know, upon consensus of the commission. So it is our decision to make, um, and I just wanted to note that for the record. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Uh, good evening. My name is Melissa Crowder. I am the city clerk for the city of West Hollywood. Uh, before I begin elections for chair and vice chair, because we have some new members on the commission and to, for edification to the public, I just want to review uh, the requirements or eligibility requirements uh, to be nominated chair, vice chair. So the term of office of the chair and vice chair shall be for one year and a commissioner shall not serve more than one consecutive term as chair. A commissioner shall not serve as chair unless they have served on the commission for at least six months prior to this election, unless due to extenuating circumstances, someone who has served on the commission for more than six months is not available to serve as chair. If no members meet this requirement, nominations will be open to any member of the commission for consideration the current chair of the commission is not eligible for nomination as vice chair. So I just wanted to clarify that for the record before we begin. And so I will now open up nominations for chair. I would like to nominate Rogerio Carviero. I will second. So we have a motion and a second to nominate Commissioner Carviero as the next chair of the commission. Do we have any other nominations? I will now take a roll call vote. Commissioner Copeland. Aye. Commissioner Gregoire. Aye. Commissioner Edwards. Aye. Commissioner Matos. Aye. Commissioner Lombardi. Aye. Commissioner Calvajero. Aye. Chair Jones. Aye. It's unanimous. The next chair of the Planning Commission is Commissioner Calvajero. So now we will move to uh, vice chair. Do I have any nominations for vice chair? Commissioner Calvajaro. I'd like to um, nominate Commissioner Lombardi. Okay. Do we have a second? I'll second. Okay. So we have a motion and a second. Are there any other nominations? Seeing none, I will now take a roll call vote. Commissioner Copeland. Aye. Commissioner Gregoire. Aye. Commissioner Edwards. Aye. Commissioner Matos. Aye. Commissioner Lombardi. Aye. Commissioner Calvajaro. Aye. Chair Jones. Aye. It's unanimous. Your next vice chair is Michael Lombardi. Thank you so much. Please. So I, do we move now? Is that how that works? No. That would occur in so, the July. It, yeah, I think per the staff report, because we were doing this as a special okay. item, because okay. we wouldn't have a quorum for the next meeting. Yeah. Okay. So July one, you get you get one more. Oh, one you more guys, meeting. I'm so honored. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, congrats to everyone. Uh, moving right along, then approval of the agenda. We, um, let's see. I just do want to call out that uh, we do have an item on consent. Uh, we also have, I just want to make a note about item uh, 12A, which is, was slated to be our first public hearing. 
Um, this applicant had requested an extension um, and because of, uh, I believe, an urgency order by city council, now all project projects of this nature will receive an extension as needed. I hope I'm articulating that thoroughly enough. Um, but in any case, the applicant has thus uh, revoked their application and we will not be hearing that as part of our public hearing tonight. So public hearings, we only have one. So I just wanna make a note. Do I have any uh, requests for changes or adaptations, edits to the agenda as it's currently published? I move approval. There we go, and thank you. We are a little delayed tonight. Uh, moved by Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Carvalero. And the agenda is approved as presented for uh, June 15th, 2023 by a unanimous vote. Great, thank you. Item seven is approval of the minutes for our May 18th, 2023 meeting. Do we have any requests for edits or changes or notes to um, the meeting, the minutes for that meeting? I move approval. <laughs> Moved by Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Carvalero. By Commissioner Edwards. And the motion carries unanimous uh, to approve the minutes as presented for um, May 18th, 2023. Okay. Okay. Item eight is public comment. Um, please note, if you've never been here with us or on the phone with us before, that this is an opportunity for you to uh, make a comment about anything that is not on the, uh, that is not part of our public hearings this evening. So if you have a comment about one of those or would like to speak on one of those, please give David here um, a speaker slip. Uh, David, do we have any public comments? Um, I, re I received none here from council chambers. We do have one on the Zoom platform. Um, if there is anybody else on the Zoom that would like to speak, um, use the raise hand feature or star nine for me. And I'll hand it over to Joe for the Zoom public comment. Evening, will speaker Alec Friedman uh, please state your name and city of residence and remember to star six to unmute yourself. Okay, uh, no, sir, that, uh, when, we, when we get to that item, we'll call you uh, to make your comment at that time. This is just for a general oh, okay. public comment. Oh, my name, sorry. <laughs> okay, so should I use myself back? Yeah, yeah no, just, just hang tight, listen to us, or watch us if you're on the Zoom platform, and uh, we're, we'll call you at that appropriate time for you. Sounds good, okay, copy that. Sure, thank you. And Chair, I believe that is all we have. 
for public comment. Okay, there will be another opportunity for public comment at the end of the meeting if anyone is um, concerned that they or, you know, missed a chance to speak, so just make a note. Okay, uh, item nine is director's report. Thank you, Chair and Commissioners. John Kehoe, the Director of Planning and Development Services Department. Um, a few announcements at the, about the upcoming City Council meeting, um, an item that the Planning Commission looked at and recommended approval of. The tall wall at 9201 Sunset Boulevard is scheduled for review by the City Council on June 26th, as is a review of the City's Dockless Mobility Pilot Program. I know a lot of people are interested in scooters, so that's going to be talked about the next meeting. Um, also of interest of everyone in the community is the city's general budget is on the um, city council discussion for, for that night. Um, I also want to congratulate everyone for returning to the Planning Commission and being elected to the chair and vice chair and congratulate Chairman Jones. Uh, great job this last year. And then also I'd like to just as a personal note just let everyone know that I'm going to be retiring in July, at the very end of July, July 31st. And so my very last planning commission meeting is next month on July 20th. So thank you very much. We're not going to let you leave. <laughs> thank you. Item 10 is items from commissioners. Commissioner Gregoire, please go ahead. Just want to thank you for doing extra duty as chair this past year. You did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Anyone else want to give a comment? Commissioner Lombardi, I'm sorry. Soon to be Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you. Um, chair Jones, I just wanted to say thank you for all of your hard work over the past year plus. Um, and you've handled all the various curveballs we've had wonderfully, so thank you. And um, I also wanted to congratulate um, soon-to-be Chair Carvalero. I am thrilled to be working with you in a couple of meetings. So congratulations. And then uh, Mr. Kehoe, thank you so much for all of your years of service. Um, we're certainly going to miss you. And um, at least we'll get to see you for one more meeting, I hope. And um, feel free to stop by. And, and thank you so much for everything you've done for the city and your, your contributions. Thank you. Soon to be Chair Carballero. <laughs> Chair Jones, I just want to say thank you also for all your hard work. I've had the opportunity of watching you be chair for two positions, and I was your vice chair. And every time, as vice chair, I learned so much from you. And then just watching you chair and just bring the group to consensus and understanding how much you care about the public and you make note of it every time, I think is really commendable. And I hope I can live up to it. And <laughs> Vice Chair, soon to be Vice Chair Lombardi, I look forward to working with you and we'll get it down. And thank you all for your support. I really appreciate it. And yeah, <laughs> Mr. Kehoe, that's a hard one. And I agree that uh, we don't want to let you go, but we understand, as you said, you've been working since 1985 and it's time to do more marathons. So congratulations. Thank you. Anyone else? No? Well, I'm just going to say uh, quickly, one, thank you. It's my privilege to be chair. It's not easy, um, and sometimes it's not fun either. <laughs> just a warning. Um, but it has been my privilege and my, my pleasure to work with all of you. I just want to say I think um, 
Historically, this is a body that has overwhelmingly worked incredibly well together and with a, a huge amount of respect and collegiality for each other. And I am very much looking forward to continuing to work with all of you. Congratulations to each of you, um, certainly on your nominations and, and confirmed elections. Mr. Kehoe, you will be missed. Um, I will miss, this hasn't happened in a while, but eating pancakes with you or watching you eat pancakes very, very early in the morning, on Thursday mornings. Um, maybe we will eat some in your honor uh, going forward. But I just wanted to make a final note that due to a vacation that's been planned for some time and because of a very poorly timed um, work offsite uh, in Orange County that I have to be at for three consecutive days, I'm going to be missing both meetings in July, unfortunately. So there you have it. Um, so John, I will miss your last meeting, um, but I'll make it up to you. Um, and as much as we've loved having you here, please don't feel obligated to come to West Hollywood Planning Commission meetings in the future unless you're just incredibly compelled to do so. Um, just imagine loving your job that much. Um, but in any case, you'll be missed. Okay, if there are no other comments from commissioners, uh, we can move on to item 11A as our consent calendar. This is Capital Improvements Program, uh, fiscal year 24 through 2028. Uh, as my understanding, staff does not want to give a presentation on this. This is really more of a receive and file. It wasn't pulled, so just noting that. Uh, if anyone from the public did want to comment on this item, you can have an opportunity to do so with the public comments at the end of the meeting. Okay. Uh, public hearings. Um, the only... Oh, please go ahead. Chair, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, can we get a motion on that? Sure. Uh, do, we do have a resolution. Of course. That's yeah. my bad. Thank you for keeping me in line, as per usual. Uh, moved by Commissioner Gregoire. Does someone second it? I can. Seconded by Commissioner Carvalero. Great, thank you. There's a little bit, you can't see this, there's a little bit of a delay on our, with our system right now, so if there are any awkward pauses, that's why. <clears throat> and the motion carries unanimously. Uh, approving uh, resolution number PC 23-1520. Thank you. Okay, public hearings. Again, per my earlier note uh, and our um, approval of the agenda as it's written, um, we will be only having one public hearing tonight. That's item 12B, 1130 North Liberia Avenue. If you weren't with us earlier, um, the application for the extension uh, was withdrawn by the applicant for item 12A. Um, because all projects of that size will be granted an extension um, as a, uh, a matter of policy at this point. So with that, um, again, this is item 12B. This is a public hearing to consider a request to allow the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-site consumption and accessory on-site tastings in conjunction with the retail store for the property located at 1130 North La Brea Avenue in our fair city. And I will turn this over to... Roger, so lovely to see you um, for the staff report this evening. Thank you. Good evening, Chair and Commissioners. My name is Roger Rath, and I am one of the Associate Planners in the Current and Historic Preservation Planning Division. 
The item before you, as mentioned, is a request to allow the sales of alcohol beverages for off-site consumption and accessory tasting events at 1130 North La Brea Avenue for Total Wine and More. The subject property is located near the northeast corner of, the Santa, Mon of Santa Monica Boulevard and La Brea Avenue. The blue box indicated on this photo is a tenant space. The tenant space is within a one-story commercial building that straddles the jurisdictional boundaries between the city of West Hollywood and the city of Los Angeles. The area in the West Hollywood is mostly the parking lot, but does incorporate about 22 feet in width from the building frontage. Most of the tenant space in the loading area is in the city of Los Angeles. Approval of this request from the city of West Hollywood will be predicated on obtaining any required approvals from the city of Los Angeles and the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. This is a photo of the front elevation. The entrance of the tenant space is located on the west elevation facing an existing surface parking lot. The floor plan mostly consists of retail area for the alcohol sales. However, there are two tasting areas and wine education area for a total of 963 square feet for these accessory uses. The item before you today is because section 19.10.030, table 2.2-5, identifies this as a land use that requires a conditional use permit that requires the planning commission to be the review authority. The state regulates alcoholic beverages through the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, and the use does not require a regulatory business license or review from the Business License Commission. In addition, entitlement projects are not reviewed by the Public Safety Commission. The use proposes to operate Monday to Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., and on Sundays, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. In addition to selling alcoholic beverages, incidental uses include weekly on-site alcohol tasting events, wine education classes once a week, and at-home deliveries. All services will be provided within the hours of operation. The use is entirely contained within the interior of the building. The use is conditioned to meet all requirements in section 19.36.060, which puts the standards on all off-site alcoholic beverage sales, which includes physical conditions of the property and operations. These standards can be found in the resolution as condition 3.1 to 3.6. In addition, staff would like to add into the record um, an additional condition as condition 3.4. The condition will read, the approval of this project is contingent upon obtaining all necessary approvals from the City of Los Angeles and the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. As condition, the proposed sale of alcoholic beverages for off-site consumption and accessory tastings will be an amenity for many residents surrounding the site and will not cause a new or exacerbate any existing public nuisance in the vicinity. Therefore, staff recommends approval of the application with the adoption of draft resolution PC 23-1521. Um, the application has also provided and prepared in a presentation as well. Um, however, staff is available for any questions you may have. Thank you. Great, thank you. Uh, before we move to the applicant's presentation, do we have any questions for staff about items contained in the staff report? Yeah. Go ahead. Great. <clears throat> so my, my questions are more about enforcement. And in the resolution on page four of six, item 1.5, <clears throat> it basically mentions that if the applicant fails to comply with any of the conditions, that we will take measures and even the possibility of revoking a permit. And then item 
311 and 312 talk about 1,200 square feet or 25% of the floor area for the uh, tasting room and 36 attendees maximum and one event per week. How do you manage all that? How do we manage that? And who follows up with that after the uh, certificate of occupancy has been issued? So <clears throat> the question is once, how do we assess whether they're following their conditions or yeah. not? Um, and our code compliance is generally uh, reactive. It's, co it's uh, complaint-based. So if there comes to be a complaint that something is going wrong or there are nuisances in the area, they would respond and assess the situation at that point. Um, also, if we just, you know, if we are out in the, in the community and we notice things or people tell us, then we'll investigate a little bit further. But, um, you know, we're not sending people out every day to make sure that they're only doing tastings one day a week. Yeah, okay. Um, that makes sense. I didn't think that somebody would be going out there all the time like the one event a week, how, do we, how does it not become two events a week? But I don't know if that's a big issue, but it was something that has been on my mind just generally, you know, how do we follow up with projects and make sure that people are being in compliance? And my other question is just about the hours. How did you come to 8 a.m. to 10 p.m.? Um, that's the hours that the applicant requested. Okay. And also um, part of our noise ordinance in the city of West Hollywood, we uh, don't want businesses or any uses to disturb residents' sleep between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. Great. Thank you. Sure. Commissioner Gregoire. Um, what sort of role does the city of Los Angeles play since most of the property is located in L.A.? Has there been some sort of process be before some L.A. city body? What was the result of that? Will there be a process? Yes. Yes, so um, there is a process with the city of LA. Um, they are going through the, the application process right now. They will have to go before a body to kind of get this, this project approved. Um, their first step that they already completed was to go to the neighborhood council to get um, a letter of support that was included in the exhibits. But um, essentially, um, from that point on, they're moving forward with uh, the city of LA to um, get their final approvals on their side. Does City of West Hollywood have any process for reaching out to neighborhood councils? Not, not officially, no. If there's a project that spans or is close to LA, we will reach out to the planners and um, collaborate with them if possible. Great. Thank you. I promise I'm looking down there too. I think Commissioner Copeland was next and then Commissioner Matos, you can go after that. Thank you, Chair. Um, the only ingress and egress for this would be um, on La Brea, is that correct? As well as pedestrian entrance and exit would be on La Brea? So for the pedestrian, for the public, yes, it's uh, strictly in the, the front of the... Okay, is there any emergency exit door in the back of the property? I believe there is, yes. 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 Okay. Um, since most of the store is in fact in Los Angeles, but the address and the frontage is in West Hollywood, if the, when there are complaints, those would be responded to by West Hollywood Sheriff Station, is that correct? Um, so it would be by, so if they call the Sheriff Department, um, 
directly. They would be served by the sheriff department. If they call um, the LAPD, they would um, directly, then they would be serviced by the LAPD. But if they were to dial 911, it would be whoever um, answers the phone first um, and is able to handle the call. Um, and that's how that, that property would be serviced. So it could be responded to by either West Hollywood Station or that's correct. the Sheriff's Department? Okay, so um, the cost of that would not be absorbed solely by West Hollywood um, Sheriff's personnel is what you're saying? For emergency response or for, cr for criminal complaints? Um, it wouldn't just, it could be either or responding. It, it would be, yeah, whoever responds at that time. And this isn't, this isn't the first use of this building. This isn't a new construction. This is something that's been operating. Um, and this isn't the first or only place where there's a split jurisdiction um, situation. Right. So they're, uh, they're aware of and accustomed to that kind of situation. Okay, I know there was, uh, there's concern from the public because of the product that's being sold. So that's why I wanted to clarify um, if there are issues and in that particular area, uh, who would respond to those. Um, this may be a question um, for the uh, applicant as far as um, uh, surveillance and security uh, plans, so I'll, I'll save that for, for them. That's it for me right now. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Commissioner Matos? Uh, my question has actually been answered, and I'll save the rest of my questions for when the applicant comes on. Thanks. Yeah, so out of curiosity, um, if there's a complaint and staff has to go out there, do they have access to the conditions of approval to understand how, if they're out of compliance, like how does that work? Oh, yeah, the code compliance team does have access to all of our um, condition of approvals. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Commissioner Lombardi, please go ahead. I have just one follow, well, one follow-up question relating to the Central Hollywood neighbor Council, so I understand that they wrote the letter um, of their recommendation of, of, of approval, and I did try to look to see if there were any minutes or record of, of you know those discussions. I couldn't find any. I just wanted to check to see if you heard um, anything in, in conversation or, or communication with that neighborhood council, any topics that they may have raised that would be of concern to us, if you're aware of any. I did do some research to find out, um, and I reached out to a couple contacts, but um, unfortunately there was just no information in terms of minutes or um, topics of discussion there. Okay, thank you. And that's my only question right now, thanks. Great, thank you. Any other questions for staff? Okay, before the applicant's presentation, I do wanna make sure that we do disclosures. Does anybody have any disclosures? Go ahead. Uh, yes, so I have spoken with members of the public. I met with the applicant regarding matters contained in the staff report, and I also made a site visit to the location specific for the purpose of this meeting. Any other disclosures? Commissioner Lombardi, go ahead. I did have a phone conversation with the applicant. We discussed matters included within the staff report. Okay. All right, unless anyone has anything else, we will move into the applicant's presentation. Please be sure to speak into the mic. I know that probably seems very common sense, but sometimes uh, it is hard to hear, uh, especially for people on the phone. You'll have 10 minutes. Terrific. Thank you. Okay. 
Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Steve Rawlings. I am a uh, consultant to Total Wine and More. I assist them with permits for to run their operations throughout the state of California. Um, also joining me this evening via Zoom is Phil Armstrong, who is uh, the uh, corporate vice president of real estate for Total Wine and More. He is located on the East Coast, but he did Zoom in, and obviously he's available for um, you know any questions that you might have. Um, I did have a presentation for you this evening, and we'll go through it here in just a minute. Um, but before I started, has, has anybody had the opportunity of visiting a, a Total Wine and More store? You have, you have, okay. Well, I certainly hope that the uh, experience was a good experience. I'm gonna show you a little bit about the company. Um, currently, um, well, I'll get into it right now. Um, we are um, taking over the old Rite Aid space, um, and uh, we would, we're targeting to be able to open in, in April. Um, obviously, we need to get through the approval process, but that's, that's kind of the timeline that we're operating on. Next slide. This is um, just some kind of quick facts about, uh, about the company. Um, uh, things that are, I, I think are, um, that I'd like to really point out is that uh, they, they currently have 249 stores in 27 states and currently operate um, and open 35 uh, locations in the state of California, all the way from you know, San Diego, clear up to Santa Rosa, California, um, in, in the Sacramento area, Inland Empire, and so on and so forth. Um, and this is uh, hopefully not their uh, last store in the greater Los Angeles area, uh, but they're certainly very excited to be uh, here in West Hollywood. Um, what sets, uh, what we believe really sets uh, Total Wine and more apart from many other retailers is that the, we have 8,000 wines that are inventoried. Uh, in addition, uh, a really, really wide selection of other um, spirits as well as craft beers and, and your regular beers that we're all uh, used to. Um, I did want to kind of show you, um, I think a picture paints a thousand words. And so um, the next uh, couple of, um, oh, okay. I, I didn't know that was up there. Anyway, I wanted to show you guys um, a little bit about what a, a typical store is going to look like um, and the experience that, that we offer to um, our customers. Uh, again, they're taking over an old Rite Aid store and they are going to completely uh, remodel it. They will be spending uh, millions upon millions of dollars in tenant improvements. And I think when you see uh, the pictures, um, a little technical difficulty. <laughs> I did bring a couple of printed okay, we can ones. give you a little bit more time to accommodate. It's okay. Okay. Um, I will um, I kind of tell a little bit more about uh, the company. Uh, they've been expanding in California for, for the last 10 years. Um, and uh, the 35 area, the stores that we open have been very well received by every community and we're not aware of any issues uh, with our operations there um, in any of our stores. So anyway, this, um, this slide I'll, I'll stop on for just a second and talk a little bit more. Um, there was a mention that we do on-site tasting. And what that is, is that samples. Uh, I think we've all gone to Costco and, and eaten little food samples. Well, this is an opportunity to sample, uh, perchance, a, a craft beer or some specialty wines that, that we're promoting. And they happen out there on the um, sales floor. That particular situation, um, what is missing there is we take like, um, 
you know, the uh, uh, barriers, temporary barriers, and we put them in. And so there is a very, very finite area in which we are allowed to actually pour and serve somebody. And as Roger had uh, alluded to, in total, I think the ones out on the floor are roughly 150 to 200 square feet when you measure everything there. And um, the ABC has very, very strict guidelines with how many um, samples you can give somebody in the quantity. It's, it's less than an ounce um, per sample, and you, you're only allowed to give out three samples of these products when somebody is, is there. Um, obviously, nobody under the age of 21 is, is allowed into the tasting area when it is set up. Um, in fact, our policy is, is that nobody's allowed uh, under 21 in the store unless clearly accompanied by, a, uh, by a, an adult. Um, obviously, parents do bring their children in there, and that's not an issue. Um, and so it's very, very regulated in terms of what we can um, serve. And we have these as promotional. Uh, we might have a craft brewing company that, that might be promoting a, a certain type of beer, and uh, we give them the opportunity to set up in our store. Um, and we also have, um, from time to time, our employees um, give out the samples, and they can tell customers about it. Uh, we can go on to, and there's two of these locations. One is uh, usually set up for beer. The other one is set up for wine, and they're kind of on opposite ends of the uh, sales floor area. Um, this was the next area that I wanted to kind of focus a little bit upon. We really pride ourselves on providing education about wine. There are, uh, obviously, for those of you that do drink wine. We know that wine comes from France, it comes from Italy, it comes from Napa Valley. And there are, you know, Chardonnays and Rieslings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we put on uh, seminar type of classes, and they're intended to be classes, um, in which we might have, uh, the theme might be wines of Tuscany. And in that seminar, you're going to have a sommelier uh, tell you about the wines, but they're also going to tell you about the, the you know, history of the region, the types of grapes that they're known for, and some other interesting facts about the grapes and the soils, and you take a pretty deep dive into um, the wine and the winemaking process of that particular region. Um, and so this class they happen sometimes once a month, maybe twice a month. They're by reservation only. You have to go online and, and uh, sign up for the class. In this particular uh, location, we have room for about 36 um, people to participate at a time. Um, and again, the class is led by a professional sommelier, uh, and um, they are given samples of wine. Uh, a typical sampling uh, during a one to one and a half hour class would be uh, three to four one ounce uh, samples. It's not intended to be, hey, come on out and, and drink. It's literally, hey, come on out, you're, you're learning about wine and we're going to give you some samples and hopefully educate yourself and educate your palate on, on a variety of wines. Um, and this is something that's extremely well received in all of our stores and again, they only happen maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, uh, depending on um, you know the, the situation. And uh, the, again, it's in a very confined particular area. Um, in terms of ABC licensing, and this is um, I think important to point out, this particular area is licensed to do on uh, you know to serve and consume on site, and the two areas on the sales floor are. 
no other place is allowed to actually pour and consume. And ABC literally, there is a line on the application that says you can only do it right here. And ABC, this is not a um, uncommon thing. There's a lot of uh, markets, Gelson's Market, Whole Foods. They have, uh, they do tastings oftentimes out on their sales floors. Um, and it is monitored by ABC. And uh, for the most part, it, it hasn't become any, any type of issues for any retailers that I know of by, by having these. So uh, with that, uh, I'll, I'll go through, jump through a couple of other slides here that kind of give you a feel for how we merchandise, how we're going to uh, fixturize the store. Um, they pride themselves on, on a, a, a presentation that's second to nobody. It's very important to us that we have um, high-end high finishes and that when people are in there shopping, it's, it's a tremendous environment. Um, next slide. And again, you can kind of bounce through a couple more slides there. Um, and if we go, we'll go to the um, site plan real quick. As you're all aware, we do have a a situation I've never uh, encountered before. I've been in kind of an entitlement business most of my life. I've seen this in land situations where a piece of property is split. I've actually never seen a building where it sits in two jurisdictions. Um, so this was rather unique. I went back to the Hall of Records at the city of Los Angeles. They brought out a, an old box with documents from 1968, I believe. And when they originally approved this, they acknowledged that the majority of the shopping center was going to be in the unincorporated area at the time, which I have always, I, I, and there was no records at, at the county of Los Angeles. So how this came about, I'm not 100% sure, but it, it is a divided line. Um, and we did approach, we have approached the city of Los Angeles and said, hey, here's the situation. Um, they talked about it internally for a couple of months, and I talked to probably a half a dozen uh, individuals about this particular situation. And finally, they came back and said, yes, we would like to, um, we are, you are going to need an entitlement from us as well. So, of course, we've complied. We have filed a, um, for a, an application. Uh, we have paid for expediting processing. Um, we are probably lagging behind the city of West Hollywood by about four months. So we are hoping to get to hearing September or October, uh, we're hoping. We've already engaged the Central Hollywood um, Neighborhood Council. I gave them a presentation on the 22nd. It was essentially the same presentation. Um, I fielded a few questions, um, but the members that were there, the board, uh, unanimously voted to issue a letter of support for this particular uh, business here. I also yesterday did have a conversation with Officer Pineda with the Los Angeles Police Department, <clears throat> and we did talk about this particular situation. One thing he did kind of share with me, he goes, listen, you know, when you get into situations where you're on city limit lines, oftentimes if there's an incident, it's, it's really the first available can get there. Um, you know, public safety is not just, hey, it's their problem. I mean, it's, it's, it's an entire community. So he says that they, they work on situations like this all the time. Um, if there's a you know, serious incident, it's really who can get there first. Um, and obviously, um, you know, for the most part, um, the parking lot activity is, is going to be in West Hollywood. In the back, uh, basically all there is is a loading dock back there. 
um, and no customer access. There is a, a, an emergency exit out the back there. Um, but Rite Aid had operated for years there, um, and I, I'm not aware of any you know, particular issues with the back, back of the building or anything along those lines. Um, and I believe that Rite Aid for years used um, the address as a West Hollywood address. Um, if you ever looked up on the directory, it was always 1130, yeah, 1130 North, uh, North La Brea, and um, that's how ABC, I think, has it as well. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, a couple of other points I, I do want to make. Um, Total Wine and More um, will employ anywhere from 30 to 40 people to operate this store maybe 10 to 15 people um, on site during any given shift. All of our employees do receive full benefits um, and it is very highly rated as a, as a great company to work for. For the most part, um, the employees will, will very much likely come from within a 10 mile radius. Um, that's where they, they will live. Um, and we have a long track record of, of retaining employees for lots of years. And I think that's a great testimony to the type of management that's here. It is um, very professionally managed. It is, there's a huge emphasis on training, not only about the products, but just in customer service and also looking out for you know, uh, potential issues that might be occurring. Obviously, no retailer wants to see shoplifting going on. No retailer wants um, any of their customers necessarily to feel uncomfortable about activity going on in the store or out in the parking lot there. And so we've spent a lot of time training our staff to be proactive, um, proactive with helping customers out, proactive if there is something that doesn't look right in, in a particular situation. And we haven't had any uh, particular major issues that I'm aware of in any of our stores in the state of California. We work closely with communities um, and local police agencies. Um, if people want to see our security plan, we're, we're more than welcome to you know, show that with them and, and work with them. We have a, a large surveillance camera system. I think the store will probably have 30 30 plus cameras interior as well as cameras on the outside as well. And uh, sir, your presentation time has expired. Okay, well, then, I, then I'm done. Thank you so much for your, for your attention and uh, obviously I'm here to answer any additional questions. Great, thank you. Um, oh, can I add, I'm sorry. For the record, um, we do agree to, um, we are, um, we agree to all of the draft conditions that are presented to you this evening. Great, thank you. Um, I'm gonna defer to my fellow commissioners. Uh, we can ask questions now or we can wait until after public comment. I'd like to ask questions now. Okay, okay. Uh, so just please stay at the dais. Uh, Commissioner Matos, please go ahead. Hi, thank you Mr. Rawlings for your presentation. You had mentioned um, that you have a security plan in the form of security cameras. Is there any security plan beyond the use of cameras and coordination of law enforcement as implied in the staff report? We do, um, obviously we provide our uh, employees training. We do lock certain, um, certain products um, that are the more expensive products. They are, they're usually stored in a, or displayed in a lock cabinet there. Um, we have worked closely obviously with our shopping center, um, you know, landlords for 
monitoring of the parking lot and so on and so forth. But traditionally, our just internal folks, we have a lot of people up near the cash registers. The entrance and exit is kind of in one location. It's very easy for our staff members to monitor the activity there. We do go into the parking lots on a regular basis, and we do check uh, the back of the uh, building. Um, and um, so far, um, in all of our other stores, it, it seemingly has been very, very effective. But we're certainly always open to working with communities to make sure that our business is not going to be any issues for the community at all. Do you, do you plan to have a security guard during uh, operating hours? That's, that's not um, typically in our, in our business model. Mm -hmm. um, we make adjustments as business goes. I, I do know that we do have um, security personnel in other stores in other parts of the country. Um, because as a retailer, you know, one, we want our customers to have the best experience they can possibly have. And part of that is that they need to feel secure when they're in the store and in the parking lot. Two, um, we want our employees to be safe. Uh, we have a fiduciary obligation to them to make sure that the atmosphere is safe. And three, we don't like to see product leave, leave the store either. Um, now, our folks are trained to deter some activities, we certainly don't go hands-on and try to wrestle somebody over a bottle of wine. That's, that's not a practice that any retailer or any policing agency uh, um, encourages. That's, that's certainly that. But um, yes, from when, we, we, when the circumstances have, have arisen, we certainly have beefed up our security. So, okay, so I guess my question is, just given that the street frontage for this location is in the city of West Hollywood along with the parking lot, yeah. that's very sizable beyond the theft conversation what is the plan for total wine and more to mitigate on-site consumption where someone is going in purchasing a bottle of alcohol and then consuming that bottle of alcohol in the parking lot do you have a plan for that we monitor our parking lots our our team does i mean we 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 frequently visit that and obviously if that's happening we usually will call law enforcement because clearly that's an an illegal activity to be doing um we haven't seen a lot of that i i in in uh, we're kind of a destination location for a lot of people we're not like a convenience store or a grocery store this is a pur purposeful shopper it's coming to look at a wide variety of product or to try to find something very specific, and we, we, we just simply haven't seen people buying a six-pack of beer and walking into the parking lot and start drinking in, in the car in most of our stores. Uh, can it happen? Certainly. Um, do we go out and monitor it? Yes, we do. We, we, we don't want that activity to happen either. Are you open to having a security guard on site during operating hours? I... You know, I would probably have to defer to Phil um, Armstrong, who's here, and, and he can probably uh, address that um, better, than, better than I can. Okay, so. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Chair. Any additional questions? Uh, Commissioner Caballero, please go ahead. Thank you, Chair Jones. Thank you for the presentation. Um, I did a quick Google search on other establishments that you had, and only because the 8 a.m. opening kind of stuck out at me for an alcohol store. And I noticed that your Woodland Hills store, it, no other store in the area opens be, before 9 a.m. And the Woodland Hills store, which seems to be most similar condition to this, where you have residential bumping up against commercial, 
in close proximity opens at 10. Would you be open to having an opening that is 9 a.m. or 10 p.m. just to minimize any activity in the early morning that could disturb the neighbors? I think it's something that we can consider. And again, I think that I would defer to Phil, who is online here, and I think he can, you know, very succinctly address, uh, answer that question. Um, we want to get Phil, can Phil get on? Yeah, I would propose a 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. opening. And I noticed that you requested on Friday being open till 9, and I don't see why that couldn't be 10 to 10 like you do have in your Woodland Hills store. I think it was Sunday that was supposed to be closing at 9, at nine. but if it was yeah. Friday, it was a typo. I think oh, okay. uh, the other days of the week, it was uh, the same hours, I think, on Sundays. Sunday it was, was an nine. earlier close. Yes. Sorry close if I time. misspoke. Just to tag team on that, and while Phil, we have Phil, um, I guess I'd be interested to know kind of the impetus for the 8 a.m. start time. Is that because of like events that you anticipate needing to provide alcohol for, or you know, you are kind of in a central area there? I just that, that was really my question. I think it's mostly for flexibility, but Phil, um, do you want to chime in on operating hours? Sure. Um, good evening. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity. On so to address a couple things. I think we asked for the 8 a.m. just to have flexibility uh, as part of the CUP process. Um, we certainly, as been pointed out, can adjust opening hours to, to accommodate good conditions for the community. Um, we'll have personnel in the store starting at seven. Um, so we do like to open up the store um, as long as people are in there. Um, compromise that I would offer up 9 a.m. would be a good start time. And if we could consider that, we'd be, would be pleased to, uh, to be agreeable with that. With regard to a previous question about monitoring the parking lot and um, adding security staff, we do on a few stores. Um, we don't uh, always do that, but again, if it is a condition of approval and it's thought to be a good idea for the community, we would certainly consider it and be open to it. Okay. If I could also just address the Woodland Hills issue, that was that was an issue kind of provided by the landlord. So they set the opening time for us as part of being involved in that Topanga Plaza project. Typically, we would open at nine, and in some cases, eight. But we've asked for eight just for flexibility here. Okay, any additional questions while we have Mr. Armstrong on the line? Uh, Commissioner Copeland, please go ahead. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Mr. Armstrong. I just wanted to verify that this, this location will have curbside pickup out, out in the parking lot as well. Is that correct? We do offer that, yes. And delivery service. But uh, there will yes. be curbside pickup on site. Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, any additional questions? Commissioner Lombardi, please go ahead. I'm just going to ask a uh, hopefully easy one, but since West Hollywood is being used as your address on your website, is that how you're going to place um, this store location is West Hollywood, not Los Angeles? Yes. Correct, okay. yes, yeah. it'll be known as West Hollywood. Okay, um, and then I know you said that you would be doing on-site tasting and demonstrations no more than once a week or every other week. So it sounds like you're okay with that condition as it currently is in this staff or in the um, in the resolution, which limits you to one per week, right? 
So it, it is. Yes. Okay. Let me just get to that, Steve. Yes, yes, it is, and that's consistent with um, what we run in our in our other stores. Okay. And then I had a quick question about the Wine Education Center, um, as you're calling it. So I, I know that we're um, seeing here in the resolution 36 attendees maximum, and you have 36 seats. I saw in the photos that you had up on screen, it looks like it has sort of like a you know, wood ceilings and high top tables. I was just curious where your design's headed. It looks a little more like a conference room in the, the plans here, but did you have any insight into that? Is it going to look more like the photo we saw with wood ceilings and high tops, or it, are you setting would, that up? Yes, that's, that's a pretty, okay. uh, it's, it's definitely kind of set up as a classroom, conference room sort of look and feel. Okay. Thank you. And, and it sounds like you spoke with the, the city of LA um, and, and LAPD. Did you also speak with the West Hollywood um, Sheriff's Captain as well? Did you have any communication with the city of West Hollywood with regards to law enforcement? I, I have not directly. I assumed that they had, you know, had an opportunity to review the, the package and provide comment, um, and I, I never got any feedback that there was any concerns from that standpoint. Okay, and apologies if I missed this. You may have kind of answered this a minute ago, but in terms of security within the stores, it sounds like you have had security officers in some store locations. Is that something that was determined at your own will or your own choosing, or was that something that was a condition that um, you're meeting, and that's why you have the, the on-site security? So it, um, it's both. I mean, we had a, a store in Boston where one of the conditions of our, our use was uh, full-time on-site security which we agreed to. And um, I also think in Pasadena, when we were approved there, um, we agreed to have full-time security that was re-looked at later after the store had been open 12 months and was determined it was no longer needed. Um, so it does vary. Um, we're, we want to, and in other stores, Dallas, Miami, Sacramento, we have on-staff security um, by our own choosing. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's my last question. Okay. Any other questions for the applicant at this time? No? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, Mr. Armstrong. Okay, so we will move into public comment now. Uh, again, uh, you'll have three minutes to speak. Uh, David, I guess we can start I don't know where we have more speakers. David, how many speakers do we have total? Uh, two. We have one in chambers and one on Zoom. So okay. um, do you want to start with Zoom? Sure. Okay. Hello, uh, Alec. Uh, go ahead and unmute yourself by star six, and, uh, star six, and then state your name and city of residence, please. Yes, good evening. I'm Alec. Friedman. I live in Hollywood on the border of West Hollywood, and I'd like to comment on item 12B. Uh, as you've seen from my recent correspondence, I'm in full support of the uh, redevelopment project. I think it's a great idea for several reasons. First of all, right now, this uh, former Rite Aid location is just a, kind of a blighted, empty spot, which actually attracts some illegal activity, and it's uh, 
definitely in need of major redevelopment. So <clears throat> I think this is a great idea. I uh, hope the city will approve this project. Uh, I looked at the information, you know, detail is, is great. Uh, I'm also personally a wine buff, uh, like uh, wine sampling and uh, I mean, the, my, my other store which I frequently go to is right across the street which is BevMo. However, uh, you guys may beat BevMo right in the punch because BevMo's service and quality has the greatest potentially. They are unfortunately converting into a convenience store. They close some of the aisles from uh, alcoholic beverages into just uh, uh, plastic uh, uh, utensils and uh, dishes and some uh, soft drinks. So, and their service has unfortunately also worsened. Uh, I've openly stated that and they did not even apply. But anyway, so uh, the uh, Total Wine Store may have a, you know, this is a great opportunity for you guys. This is going to bring more uh, shopping options for uh, residents, uh, you know, for uh, wine buffs. And uh, also it's going to, like I said earlier, we develop this place. And I also want to request, if possible, to make it more, <coughs> this uh, plaza, make it more pedestrian friendly, so to speak. Because right now, this uh, former Rite Aid plaza is just a utilitarian parking lot. It's kind of a very hostile as far as pedestrian activity. There's no bike parking, uh, there's no pedestrian facilities. So if you guys could maybe consider implementing a little uh, pedestrian walkway, uh, maybe uh, like a plaza, <coughs> uh, like for example, across the street, this uh, West Hollywood Gateway on the Southwest corner is an amazing place to shop at and to visit for both tourists and local residents. Now, I realize that this uh, 1130 North Obrey is not uh, situated or is not uh, really as attractive as the West Hollywood Gateway. However, the opportunity is there. So if you guys could be the start of a major redevelopment of this uh, corner, that would be great. Just make it more pedestrian friendly, maybe again bike friendly, maybe install some bikes. Uh, right. Although, although honestly, on the other hand, I can't imagine cyclists you know, arriving and purchasing alcohol and leaving. So, uh, but once again, I fully support this project. Uh, another thing, yes, as far as security, yeah, part of the reason why Rite Aid had to shut down a lot of the stores is because of rampant burglaries and shoplifting. So, uh, this is the reality, folks. This is uh, not just theory, but there's a lot of shoplifting. In the area. So, I, I strongly encourage you to have an, un at least for the first a few months or whatever period is necessary to have a full-time security officer or two uh, because you guys may face a lot of uh, shoplifting. But once again, this is a great plan, great project. It's going to revitalize this uh, current vacant uh, spot and it's going to transform into a more attractive, uh, you know, a great place to shop at. So thank you and I urge the city to approve this project. Uh, thank you, sir. And we'll move to council chambers, and our one and only speaker will be Genevieve Morrell. Genevieve, you have three minutes. Good evening, Madam Chair and Commissioners. Genevieve Morrell, President and CEO of the West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. And I want to congratulate all the new renewing commissioners, and thank you for your service, Chair Jones. 
Um, we're here tonight to support Total Wines and More, and um, it's just a great addition to West Hollywood, uh, to the business community landscape. This business will be a terrific addition to the Mid-East side, uh, but it also will serve the entire population, we think, of West Hollywood. Um, as uh, the owner said, it is a destination. It's a low-cost option than other wine, uh, large wine stores. You think Trader Joe's versus other large grocery chains, if you think of those types of cost-effective type of options. It's also a family-owned business, and even though it has grown exponentially into this mega national brand, it is still family-owned, and it's still something that I think is, um, will be a good addition to the community. The location is key. You know, we've seen these articles on our blighted corners. Those aren't good for any of us. They're not good for business. They're not good for West Hollywood. We want to show we're safe. We want to show that we're vibrant and thriving. Um, so this is a corner, and it will uh, fill this corner and make it um, a wonderful new addition uh, for the community that needs a tenant already. Um, as they mentioned before, it was already a Rite Aid, had full uh, liquor service beforehand. Um, and I do agree with uh, Chair Jones. I do events all the time, and I'm always looking for a place that's open at 8 a.m. Uh, to get my stuff done. So um, giving that flexibility would be, would be great. Um, I want to talk a little bit, too, about opening a business in general, whether you're large or small. It takes a lot of courage to open a business these days um, and to really put um, the type of commitment that they have into it. It's not for the timid. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of commitment to employees and make sure that everybody's happy, and it sounds like they have that. Also, businesses now to survive these days have to be multifaceted. They have to have programming, seminars, wine tasting. I remember coming to you before, it was a completely different commission, but you know, V Wine Room had to come to this little bar, had to come here because they had wine tastings and there wasn't a code for that. And so they had the same kind of thing, seminars, classes, wine tasting. They had like different types of a business model that was unusual. Um, it's also not the first time you've had a project that straddled Los Angeles and we had the one on Miller Drive, which was a, project that was so difficult with Los Angeles, he finally cut Los Angeles out of the project, but that's another story. Um, I do think that, um, you know, whatever we can do to help them open, uh, to get open, um, they will be a great corporate citizen for our small village in West Hollywood. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Genevieve. And Genevieve was our last speaker. Great, thank you. So uh, should the applicant wish to, uh, you do have five minutes for a rebuttal. That is completely it. It's completely your prerogative. You... Okay, great, thank you. Okay, so if we don't have any more public speakers, I am going to close the public comment portion of the public hearing and we can move into deliberation, just a point of order that if anyone has additional questions for the applicant, I will need to reopen the public comment portion of the hearing. So with that being said, Commissioner Matos. Thank you, Chair Jones. Um, so I just want to throw a couple of things out there because I did do a site visit specific to this meeting, as I mentioned, uh, in disclosures. Um, I did go walk around the area, and I, full disclosure, did used to live near La Brea, uh, so I know the area very well. Um, and I just asked around to see what security is currently present. Um, right now, there is an AT&T and Chase Bank that's abutting the property and they have their own security, and their security is for their store's front, so they have one guard per location, and then one roving the parking lot, only their parking lot, not the adjacent parking lot for what would be this project. Um, there's security at 
WeHo Gateway Complex, there's security at the Ulta store, the BevMo, um, the Target, and that Target is also my home Target, and they've just implemented um, theft protection measures such as locked cabinets for product shelving. My point in bringing this up for your awareness is that I don't, I think for that area, security is an operational reality um, versus, a, you know, an option. Um, I think that when you have a store location like this that does do on-site consumption tastings, it does do um, grab-and-go uh, alcohol sales, there's the potential for not only theft, but even beyond that, which is on-site use um, or on-site consumption of the product. Um, previously, I was on the Business License Commission. There's a huge, you know, West Hollywood uh, protocol for ensuring that there's not on-site use of cannabis products vis-a-vis um, -vis implementation of an on-site security guard. Um, and I think that th that should be considered for this um, item, just given the nuance and the location and some of the public safety challenges with jurisdictional response. Because ultimately, if there was an, is an issue, um, it would probably go to the sheriff's department, especially if it were in the parking lot. Um, so I think, you know, for, for me, I do seriously want to consider conditioning this project um, with the presence of an on-site, one on-site security guard during operations hours. And I would also want to compel the applicant to meet with our director, city director of public safety, Danny Rivas, um, so that they can have that discussion and also Captain Mulder of the West Hollywood Sheriff's Station, just so we start that rapport um, early on. But I mean, that would be my inclination as a condition on this. Um, and I feel very strongly about it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Gregoire? I think this is really a question for staff. Um, I hear Commissioner Matos. He makes a compelling argument about the possible need for security here. I'm not one for wanting to impose any conditions that aren't really necessary, but I suspect Commissioner Matos is right that security might be helpful in this location. Um, I guess my question to staff is what, what after tonight we approve this, what, what can the city do? Are, are we able to say we, we didn't require on-site security? Could, is there a process if there's a, there's a, a lot of problems with this site? Is there a, is there a process for the city to address it? Um, what, what, what happens if there's an inordinate amount of crime in the parking lot of the store uh, and we haven't required on-site security? Right, so in the, the zoning code, we do have a section of the code, um, section 19.80.060D. Um, but essentially that section allows um, the review authority to um, modify conditions if it uh, meets certain findings. And one of the findings is that, you know, the condition of approvals are not sufficient enough to um, prevent, like, nuisances or, you know, stop the nuisances. So there's an opportunity um, for our code to uh, modify those conditions to allow the, uh, us to battle those uh, nuisances. And my, my second question is, so if, if uh, we adopt Commissioner Matos' idea to uh, 
require some sort of on-site security during operating hours. I, I heard the applicant say that in Pasadena, they were able to, they found that there were no problems for a year and they were able to take that condition away. Is there a process in West Hollywood whereby if we required security tonight, a year from now, they, they could come back and say, oh, we haven't had any incident, we'd like to eliminate our security guards? There is a process for amendment, but um, I do want to bring up that for previous projects, we have had um, conditions that allowed reviews of the, the projects. Um, so for instance, there's like a, we could do a six month and 12 month um, review after commencement, um, see if uh, we'll give, you know, we can give updates of any like police reports or any um, things to the commission. And then um, if there are like issues and the commission does want to um, pull the item back and require the security guard, that's also a possibility that we have a condition for. Thank you. Um, those questions and answers were very helpful. I'm a on the fence about this. Again, I don't want us to ever to impose an expensive requirement on a new business in the city. That's not necessary. But I do have sh share the concerns about security for this particular location, especially over the last few years. So I'm curious to hear what my fellow commissioners say. I, I, I think I'm open to both, uh, either with or without extra security. So I'm still on the fence about that. Um, I generally support this. I actually would like to retain the 8 a.m. opening. Maybe I'm a crazy morning person, but it really bothers me that stores don't open until 10 o'clock. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe as we, as we get older, a lot of us like to go out early in the morning and do errands when there isn't a lot of traffic. So let's please not put any conditions that wouldn't allow anyone to open up as early as they would like. I, think I, I would support a 6 a.m. opening time. That's when I like to go out and do my errands. Wine shopping at 6 a.m.? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, um, all, that's all I have for now. Yeah, just building on Commissioner Gregoire, um, in the past, we've done three months, six months, and one year in regards to noise. And in this situation, as you spoke, maybe instead of mandating security up front, we do a three-month, six-month, one-year check to see if there are any issues, and then ask the applicant to add security if we need to add security. That way, both, both ideas are sort of dealt with. And so that would be my proposal. And then in regards to the hours, you know, it just, I came to that only because it bumps up against residential and it's in very close proximity. And I just thought, you know, when I looked at the other stores and I went to the maps, I was kind of looking at their context and seeing how their hours related to the context. And, you know, as the applicant said, they'd be okay with the 9 a.m. and I would be okay with a 9 a.m. if the rest of the panel is, or, of commission is okay with a 9 a.m. just because of that proximity to residential, which is literally right across the street. But outside of that, I think this is a great business to bring into the community. It's a great location. It works well with WeHo Gateway. It gives us an anchor there, and I think it'll improve that corner a lot. So I'm in support of that with those two potential conditions. 
Great, thank you. Commissioner Matos? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I think there is a world where we find compromise with the condition. Um, I think there's also, a world, you know, we could do the six month, 12 month review way on the front end, or we could do it so that we can make it a condition of approval and make it subject to removal, uh, subject to the Department of Public Safety, Director of the Department of Public Safety for the city, subject to the planning uh, director finding you know that that condition is no longer needed um, but I just given my visits and my experience there and some of the operational realities that I've gathered speaking with surrounding businesses today um, I do think that we should strongly consider keep having it as a condition on the front end and then looking at creating a carve out so that if later on it's deemed as not necessary uh, or not needed, then it could be removed with proper review from not only the reviewing authority, which is in this case the director of planning, but also the director of public safety. Um, I do think there's a, con a conversation there. And then additionally, you know, there's significant cultural resources nearby with Kalami, the synagogue, and other, other elements. So that's my main concern. Commissioner Copeland. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I agree with Commissioner Matos. I think we need to be proactive. Um, there have been issues in this particular area with uh, shoplifting and, and some violence, and public is very concerned uh, with the safety issue. I think they're on board with the idea of the business and the business model, and they're happy about that, but they're very concerned, particularly on that spot, with ongoing um, security and safety issues. So I, I think it's better to be proactive and then have a review to go ahead and, and, and request uh, which is, is likely needed to, to have security, particularly when you're gonna have curbside service. You're gonna have so many things going on there and in and, and that spot I would rather that we're taking public safety seriously and being proactive and then, well, guess what? It's a lovely surprise We you know after six months or 12 months, whatever the review process is. It, it may not be needed here after all. I would rather be in that position than to say, well, we'll just wait and see what happens, and then if it's a problem, we'll go ahead and make them add some security. Meanwhile, um, there are issues that are going on with safety that could have been perhaps avoided, and that, that's what weighs heavily on me with that. I think we need to start with um, security and public safety and be proactive, and um, it's, it's a concern with local businesses and, and the public, and I think rightly so. Um, right now, so that's something I don't think we should um, take any chances with, you know, just uh, require it up front and then hope that later it's not needed. Um, as far as the opening hours, um, I agree with uh, soon-to-be Chair Carvajero. Um, Eight o'clock seems very early when you're abutting a residential area. We dealt with this on business license a lot with cannabis. You know, you have deliveries and you have people coming and going in cars and um, you know, I think if not 10 o'clock, then 9 o'clock is maybe a good compromise um, and, and uh, will be helpful to, to residents. And certainly 9 o'clock hopefully would be early enough to be able to pop in and get your wine for the for dinner or what's, whatever's going on. Um, I also agree with Commissioner Matos when we mentioned, um, it mentioned in the plans installing surveillance cameras and working with local law enforcement. So to me, working with local law enforcement is not necessarily picking up the phone when there's a problem, but perhaps, I don't know if we can condition this, but certainly encourage that they sit down with our West Hollywood 
local law enforcement, whether as Captain Mulder or one of the, the sergeants, or, and saying, what do we need to particularly look out for on this spot? What are your issues in this area? What can we do? I think that would be an, an important conversation to have in this area, so I agree with that as well. So um, those are my thoughts. You know, I'm, I'm generally supportive of this, and, and I would love to see them succeed, but first weighing on my mind is the responsibility that we have to, to public safety and, and to address those concerns, and that's not something that we should um, make a mistake on, I think, here. So with that, I'd be willing to support. Thank you. That's it, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lombardi? Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, to start, I, I do share some of the concerns about safety, and I guess I have a, a question maybe for staff or Commissioner Matos. So BevMo has security, do we know? Or Yes. Okay. I was physically at BevMo today and spoke with their security guard. They have one on-site security guard, and then the West Hollywood Gateway has two roving security guards that controls the entire complex. Got it, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm also looking at the, the code. I, I, I think, um, Roger, you were mentioning 19.80.060G. The, the language doesn't look too strong um, in terms of you know, where those conditions may change. So I actually have very similar notes um, that I had written down um, to uh, Commissioner Cavallero with regards to maybe doing some sort of review at three months, six months, and nine months. Um, I guess the what I'm trying to think about is what would the metrics be to help the city make an informed decision if, if something like this were to be proposed by the commission and, and included in the resolution? Um, if there were security, I guess there may be less issues, so there could be an inclination to say all is good and then remove it later. Um, conversely, um, if there weren't security, how, how is it being checked on and being determined? So I, I guess that's something I just am asking out loud for everyone, um, you know, what that process would be, but it is something I wrote down that, that may make sense. And understanding BevMo's uh, setup and, and some of the other neighboring um, businesses, I could see why there's a need for security. Um, so I just wanted to, to put that out there. And I do have one other really quick question for, for staff. So Alec, had, Alec um, in public comments, had mentioned bicycle parking. And I was just wondering, we, we do have a section of our code about bicycle parking requirements. So I think this, this property would maybe include a requirement for three. But is that only if it's a major renovation? Would it, would it be triggered for, for a project like this? Or how would we? Yeah, typically, um, this is not even, this is a retail use to a retail use. It's just that the, they're, they're adding the addition of alcohol sales. So most of those requirements aren't triggered because there's not a um, substantial amount of work done to the building or new construction. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Well, then I, I would just say in terms of comments that we are a pedestrian-friendly city and bicycle parking would be appreciated. It might even help draw in a few more customers. So I would, I would just recommend that. That would probably be well served in this location. <coughs> and um, other than that, I mean, I, I think I'm definitely excited at the idea of this location having a business and um, helping revitalize the area. 
Um, I do think there's a lot of obstacles these days to opening a business. There's a lot of challenges and the economic climate is a little bit uncertain too. So I'm just trying to figure out how we balance safety and, and security needs with um, you know, putting an undue hindrance on, on businesses. And related to that in terms of um, uh, hours of operation, I don't have a strong opinion based on the discussions we've had just now. 8 a.m. does seem a little bit early. Maybe 9 a.m. is a happy middle ground there, thinking about noise. Other than that, I mean, I, I, I'd be happy to um, see this move forward. I think the question is just on, on security and business hours, on my end at least. Commissioner Edwards? Um, yeah, I just wanted to dovetail on what um, Commissioner Lombardi was asking about with regards to security. Because the question is, what is the efficacy of security of really being able to it might make some people feel better, but is it actually providing the safety that we're asking for? So I would be curious, is the, has there been ever an analysis by the city to say, okay, we have security, what does it do? Does it actually make, it makes people feel safer, but then if, we, if people feel safer, does that then make people drop their guard and that's when they become vulnerable for things to happen? So what I'm trying to say is like, in this conversation, what I'm hearing is this over-reliance on security to create safety. And I'm just curious of, you know, having been in WEO for a while, and just been here in this for 30 some years, um, safety is the critical issue. We focus on public safety as being law enforcement, but public safety is also what we can do from an urban design perspective, like all the other different elements that create a sense of ownership and activate so that way um, if you're the kind of person who wants to commit crimes, you're less likely to do it where you have something that's a lot of activity. And so I just made that point as, as a follow-up to what uh, Commissioner Lombardi was asking, is I would lean towards you know, not requiring the external, but if that's something that they see the, the tone, if they're open to doing, but I wouldn't require it because I think we had to leave something up to the business owners, I think, to come here with the best intent to have a successful business, and I don't think they want to do anything to harm that. And so I see them taking our input and see if there's something they're open to doing, but I wouldn't mandate it. But I would say that it's something that we can come back to over a period of time, like the three months, six months, nine months, to determine the efficacy of that. Why I would like to see a larger conversation on how's that whole security system working within that whole corner. So just two quick things just in response to that. The first thing being we heard Mr. Armstrong say that they are willing to do the security requirement yes. as a condition of approval. Um, we heard him say that on the record. The second thing is like, again, to my point earlier, with the security guard, the intent isn't necessarily that it's going to, you know, create everyone making them feel better. It's more of a deterring on-site loitering, deterring on-site consumption of product, um, and also theft deterrence. Just given that this business is doing on-site tastings and doing on-site liquor consumption, it's a very different business. When you look at the business license process for cannabis businesses with uh, consumption lounges, it's, it, they, there's all kinds of requirements that come in. Um, so that's, that's, I just wanted to clarify my position on that. And I would just put it out there is there proof that is a deterrence? That's all. It's a simple question. Is that a hypothetical? It's a hypothetical. Well, it's not a hypothetical. Is that 
I mean, my background, I used to do security. And so we knew what we could actually really have an impact on and what was more about perception. And so I guess I'm just, just the way my mind works is just asking the big picture question is that we're having this conversation about security and this efficacy. I guess the big question is, is it efficacious? You know, how truly does it make us feel safe and what steps can we do to actually help the community truly be safe and get those numbers down and, you know, cut down on the theft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's all. Okay. Any further comments? Um, but I agree. I think 9 a.m. seems to be the sweet spot. But I, I like what he was saying. You know, I'm getting older, so I do like to get up really early and do my shopping. <laughs> okay. Um, Chair, can I intervene really quick? We just want to uh, remind all commissioners to speak into the microphone. Um, we've been getting uh, complaints from the CATV. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a couple of thoughts that I'm going to, and we can, again, continue to kind of discuss this. Um, most of what I, I think I wanted to say has already been said. Um, I did want to ask, does anybody know if, does it, everyone know K&L Wine Merchants on Vine? Do we know if they have security? I go there sometimes. I don't think they have security. I could be wrong about that. K&L Wine Merchants, they're moving soon, actually, but it's similar, just not, it's not as, it's more wine-focused. It's not as, I'm just curious. In any case, if you don't know, that's, that's fine. It's just kind of an open question. Um, you know, I also don't necessarily want to impose this requirement, but I also want to give the business some credit. I mean, they've—I'm a big Total Wine and More fan, to be a fair, to, to be fair, and I, you know, have been to many of the stores. I, my husband and I were very excited when we found out this was coming forward because there are three. All of them take at least 30 to 40 minutes to get to right now, so, and there's really nothing else like this. Um, in the area, so in that way, I'm you know generally in, in support of it. But in thinking about two things, primarily the security guard and and the hours, um, you know, I would think, and again, uh, as Commissioner Mato said, you know, I'm a regular guest at the Target um, at Gateway, and you know, I recently was dismayed to find that like if you want to go buy a thing of detergent, it's behind glass. Like you have to have somebody unlock. That's a detergent, like a big thing like that you would have to you couldn't just put it under your coat you would have to like just literally grab it and I don't know run out or something um so not a, not a high ticket item but it's a big kind of bulky item and I was surprised and a little dismayed to find that I would imagine it would be in the store's best interest to have security on site um again I'm open to some discussion on this here's my thought about the hours hear me out I actually think that if they're willing to have a security guard, that 8 a.m., I would be okay with 8 a.m. as an opening time, and there's two reasons why. One, first of all, that La Brea is an artery. You can't, you're not even allowed to park on La Brea in kind of the metered spots, I think between seven and nine on most weekdays. So the Chase Bank, I think it opens at nine, but there are other things in the area that are, there's a McDonald's over there that opens early. I'm not especially worried about neighbor noise necessarily. I also don't think it's going to be terribly frequented. But what we do know, and I've referenced this before, but, you know, Jane Jacobs' Death and Life of Great American Cities, you know, she talks so much about how, you know, activity in areas does help monitor deviance and that if there are people around that, you know, people are less, if there's more people watching, there's less likely for bad things to happen. So, you know, one of the things I 
would be curious to know if the rest of the commission would be amenable to is keeping the 8 a.m. hours for them or allowing them to move forward with that if there's a security guard on site. Because if there's security on site, it means there are more hours of the day where there would be monitoring of the property while it's open. So that was just a thought that I had. I think it makes it safer for everyone. Again, if the applicant is amenable and we can talk to them about that. Um, but that was something that I thought about. I also, um, something else that I wanted to say, and now of course I've completely forgotten it, despite all of the four pages of notes that I took. Um, I don't know that I think uh, we necessarily need to set benchmarks in the way of you know crime or not. I think, um, again, I, I do have a little bit of discomfort with conditioning that, that we require that they have security. I would just think it would be in their best interest the way that things are at this moment in our city but I definitely would want to make sure that we give the applicant the ability to change that at their discretion. Should I don't want to make it a, a forever condition, if you will. I would like to make sure that they have the ability to change that and that they have permission to do that should circumstances change. So um, those are my thoughts. Uh, I'm, again, I'm very much in support. I think it's going to really elevate kind of that corner and that area. People, if you know Total Wine, like people love Total Wine more. Like they love it. So it's, that's a real thing, and I, I do think that it will um, kind of elevate that area. But I'm inclined, should they be agreeable to having a security guard on site, um, you know, maybe with conditions that we check back in at the 6 and 12 month. I thought 3 and 6 and 12 seemed like a little much, but maybe 6 and 12. And then um, keeping those hours, that, would, that was kind of the balance that I was, that I was thinking of people are amenable to So that. we're saying security and then a review for removal or whatever Just at the 6th month. A check-in and 6th month point. Yeah. With the ability, oh, please go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a, the conceptual con uh, discussion about security and whether it actually brings security, I think is really interesting because when they've meant, when we've mentioned BevMo and Gateway, they all have security and they're still crime. So. The idea of opening at 8 a.m. and having the store be active might be actually more secure for the neighborhood than actually having security. So is an alternate to ha let them open at 8 a.m. so that there's a lot of more presence on the street right. and then do a three, six, 12-month check-in to see if there are any issues and then we can address it then if there are issues. I, I think... Commissioner Carvalho, your point is well received. I think that this site is very much different than the other sites that do have security because, first of all, there's vehicular access to the front, and there's a very large parking lot that's very prone to transient population, the unhoused, and things like that. So that was why my inclination was to take the Pasadena City approach, which is to make it a requirement at the initial onset of the store and then do a review in coordination with Captain Mulder and the public uh, safety director, Danny Rivas, and then potentially look at removing that requirement later. Um, that was my inclination. Um, if the will of the commission, I mean, I feel strongly, but if the will of the commission is to take it with no security and then do six to and 12 month review in coordination with those actors, I'm fine with doing that, but I would pref personally prefer that we have security at the onset and then look at potentially removing that requirement later, just because we do know that all of the other stores have security, and this one's a little bit uniquely suited with how the site is positioned and for on-site consumption 
potential and, and other things as well, loitering, things like that. Yeah, I think the no security thing only works with an 8 a.m. opening because the, the idea is that we're rehabilitating that corner, there's much more presence, you don't have the small shops that really don't have much frequency you know, on a daily basis. So that's where I would lean with the idea that Commissioner Gregoire said not wanting to impose anything, burden, any burden on the applicant. Can I ask, uh, I'd like to actually, can I ask the applicant a question? Thank you. Again, I'm going to um, close deliberation clearly right now and uh, reopen the public comment portion of the hearing. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming back up. Certainly. So, question for you, and if you don't know the answer, I don't know if Phil's still on the line, but it, I think you'll probably be able to answer this. So, I'm curious to know, in the stores where it was not mandated, like you said there was a Dallas store where you have security, was this in reaction to events or, you know, conditions in the neighborhood, or was this something that you did proactively? Again, I just, in my mind, I'd like to give you all the ability to make decisions that you think will be best for your business. I would imagine it would be in your best interest to have security, just kind of given how things are at that intersection, which is a huge artery for the city. But I, do you have any information on that, or do you want to speak to that at all? Let's see if Phil, Phil might. I don't. I work exclusively in California, so I don't know. The okay, totally fair. Dallas, so. Yes, I, I can speak to that. So I, I think in the two situations I cited, Dallas and Miami, those were corporate decisions we made to open the store with security based on talking to uh, law local law enforcement, looking at crime statistics, looking at neighboring retailers. Um, and I mean, I think you, you used a nice term, it's in our best interest. and. I believe we will have a security plan for this pending West Hollywood store, and I believe it will probably include security, um, uh, you know, on staff in the store. Um, so I think we're really quite um, agreeable to work with your safety officers. And if, as part of this, you asked us to have security as part of a approval, we would be amenable to do that. And thank you very much, Mr. Armstrong. And just to be clear, did you choose to open the stores in Miami and Dallas and have security at opening? Or was this after the stores had already opened and maybe circumstances changed or you felt the need to add that? They were there at opening. Okay. And um, I, I think there's a store in Sacramento, by memory, that we opened uh, without security. But um, after some you know, some aggressive theft issues, we, we add security and uh, that that was mitigated. Can I just ask a question? Sure, go ahead. Mr. Armstrong, thank you so much for asking the uh, answering the questions. You had mentioned Boston and Pasadena yes. and Pasadena earlier. Were those uh, conditioned approval on the presence of a security guard with operational hours? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, and just out of curiosity, you had said that the security plan for the store may include a security guard. Do you know at what point yes. you would make that determination? I, I, I think we're working on it now um, as we kind of go through these different entitlement processes. It's a little early for us, but uh, we can certainly get it stood up, stand it up pretty quickly. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna close the public comment portion of the hearing and we'll return to deliberation. I think we're at a bit of an impasse. I think it, it's, it sounds like where we're at right now is that there is openness to 8 a.m. I have a motion. Oh, okay, go ahead. Cool. Um, my, and if people don't wanna vote for it, that's fine. Uh, my motion is for us to require security on the onset of the business but then to leave it open for review for that requirement to be removed as a conditional of approval, subject to the review of the director of the planning department and the director of public safety for the city of West Hollywood. I would also recommend that we let them maintain their ADM opening hours um, and that we consider also conditioning, and it sounds like they're gonna do this, but just in case, uh, a co compelling a conversation between the applicants and our Captain Mulder and uh, Danny Rivas, Director of Public Safety. Can I suggest an, a quick amendment to that motion because I'm sure. generally in support? Sure. I, I'm okay with including language that we strongly recommend that they meet with uh, the head of public safety and um, with the captain of the sheriff's department here. I don't know that I wanna condition it. I, I, again, these are like, this is a company that's demonstrated good citizenship within the communities that it operates in. Um, I think that much is clear, and I would assume that, or I would hope, I would say that, you know, they would take it upon themselves to do that. Again, I'm flexible, but sure. are you okay yeah. with making it a recommendation, we not can a make condition? It, we can make a recommendation, not a condition. Okay. I'm open to that, yeah. Okay. Do we have a second to that motion? Second. second. Oh, look at this, we have a second and a third. And I think we do have some draft language we could read into the record just to try to accomplish the motion on the floor. I think, yeah. I think that it's about to be covered. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're hearing. Just let us know if this is capturing everything. Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm lost. All right, so we will add condition um, this wasn't in the motion, Commissioner Mattis, but I just wanted to capture it in case, because it was in some of the deliberation, whether the um, commission wants, or whether your motion includes having reviews at certain periods of time. I, I believe three, six, and nine months was thrown out, also six and nine months. I think it was six and 12. Six and 12, so we're talking having, they have to have security and then we do a review six and 12. Okay, so. Is, is that the commission's, everyone good? So at cool. so condition 3.15 added would say at, at six and 12 months following commencement of use, the planning commission shall receive written updates regarding operations of the business, including any law enforcement calls for service or code compliance activity. Additional reviews may be required if necessary based on the information provided. The planning commission may place the item on a future agenda for further action at that time to modify any of the conditions of approval pursuant to section 19.80.060D of the West Hollywood Municipal Code, which is the section that covers modifications of permits, um, which is different than amendments of permits, just to clarify. Add condition 3.16. The operator shall provide one on-site security guard during all hours of operation. Add condition 3.17. After a certain number of months, say 12 months, of operation, the applicant may request removal of the requirement for on-site security personnel if approved by the directors of community safety and community development. 
condition 3.16, which refers to the on-site security guard, may be removed as a minor amendment to this permit. Perfect. Everyone good? Yeah. I think it sounds great. <laughs> and one, ad one additional question for the motion maker. Uh, uh, Roger read an item right into the, the uh, motion at the start, which was an added condition that would make clear it was a new condition 3.4 that would require for this project to move forward that it received all City of LA approvals as well as the necessary approvals from the APC. So Perfect. I want to make sure that's part of the, if that's the desire of the motion maker. That is the desire of the motion maker. All in, baby. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just have a general question. So what keeps someone from buying a bottle at 10 o'clock and then sitting in their car, the store closes, and they're hanging out in the parking lot? Does the parking lot get closed off? Well, presumably there would be access? a tow sign, like you'll be towed after a certain, if you're there, like you can't park your car overnight. I don't know. Yeah, well, because I thought when we were talking about security, it was 24-7 security. So now we're talking only during operating hours, which goes back to my question, does it really add anything to given the stores open? But we've passed that. But what keeps somebody f from hanging out in that parking lot during the night and doing whatever, which seems to be more the issue, or am I off base here? Do you, I mean, should we? I'm just asking the question because I'm just curious. You know, it's like what we've asked, We've asked for security during operating hours, and it seems to me that we would need security more on the, during the time when it's closed, not when it's open, because there's people there to police it while it's open. I mean, as I've said from the beginning of this, my, my intent was to curb on-site consumption of product when the store's open. So vis-a-vis -vis someone walking into the store, buying a bottle of something, consuming it on-site, or loitering in the parking lot. Um, I imagine that there's some sort of uh, on-site patrol of the sheriff's department in after hours when businesses are closed on that corner. Um, I imagine that the business could also implement closure of the parking lot or via, via chains um, to close off the entry to the parking uh, lot. Those are a lot of assumptions. So I was just kind of trying to understand exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, but given that the applicant is willing to do that, do add the security, uh, I, I guess we just move forward and see what happens. I'm happy to address any concerns or take any recommendations into the motion. I think, I mean, from where I, I sit, I think this is something that could, it's a valid concern, but I think again, like kind of after hours under the cover of night that this is something that, you know, law enforcement would be responsible for monitoring, but also that at that six month check-in and the 12 month check-in, that's something that could be addressed. I do think I'm not comfortable conditioning that there'd be 24 hour security. I think that's, a, I'm already a little uncomfortable with it, honestly, but I'm gonna say okay for kind of given what we've talked about, but I think that's something that we could address at the those two first two hearings. Great. If you're okay with that, yep. Mr. Lombardi. Yeah, I think these are all really valid concerns and certainly after hours could be an issue too, but it could be quite a hindrance to the business to have to have 24 hour security. I guess as um, the, the proposed motion stands, we, would have the option to pull this item forward again and look at it. I don't know how, how you know, we'd have to 
decide to do that, right? But there is uh, there would be opportunity if we felt there was an issue to extend security later. We didn't write this in. in a, it, there's some flexibility there, I guess, is what I'm saying, without having to put undue harm on the business now in terms of um, cost and 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 you know everything associated with 24/7 security. So that's my thought right now is that. It's definitely a concern I have, but I'm also not sure about imposing that on the business today. Yeah. Commissioner Edwards? Yeah, and just to, for, to add further complexity, I don't know how that whole thing is set up. I don't know if, if that whole entire parking lot is under one ownership, that they lease spaces and you have a shared parking agreement. So that can add to the complexity. So if we're going to put the burden on them, then how do we then move it down the line to make sure that all the businesses in that space are addressing the nighttime issues so that, so to put it out there, it would be interesting to get some feedback from, I don't know who we get it from, saying what is the overall theory of the case when it comes to something like that, like what's happening in other places at night? We do have, these are all, I think, fair points, and I, again, my rec we do have a motion and we do have a second on the floor right now. I think my recommendation would be to, I, I do want to give the business credit where credit is due and know that they are going to, you know, make decisions that are in their best interest and that protect their product, their customers and their staff and, you know, their property. Um, so as it stands right now, I personally am comfortable with where things are. Again, I'm open to discussion, um, but I, we do have a motion and a second on the floor and I think we can... We can go ahead and call the vote if, if everyone's okay with that. Yes. But I want everybody to feel heard, and you know, I want. Okay. Okay. And the motion carries unanimously. We do have an appeal process. The resolution the Planning Commission just approved memorializes the Commission's final action on this matter. This action is subject to appeal to the City Council. Appeals must be submitted within 10 calendar days from the State to the City Clerk's Office. Appeals must be in writing and accompanied by the required fees. The City Clerk's Office can provide appeal forms and information about waiver of fees. Great, thank you. Okay, just plowing right along here. Thank you very much for coming. Item 13, new business, there is none. Item 14, unfinished business, there is none. Item 15 is excluded consent calendar, there is none. Item 16, A and B, uh, items from staff. I'm gonna defer to Jennifer Alkire for our planning manager's update. Good evening, thank you. Um, couple of things, first of all, I wasn't here at the last meeting, so I just wanna officially welcome Commissioner Edwards to the planning commission. It's great to have you here. Congratulate our newly elected chair and vice chair. I'm looking forward to the next year. It's going to be good. Um, and to thank Chair Jones for all your work in the past year plus. Um, I know that it's not easy sitting there, and um, you make it look easy, so thank you for that. I will go through our upcoming agendas quickly. So um, the next meeting we have will be July 6th. The only item on that is um, the only hearing item on that is for a zone text amendment for tree canopy standards, but we will also be doing subcommittee appointments at that meeting. Um, this is, and jump in, David Gillig, if I get any of this wrong, but um, this is some, the, up to the chair, the newly, the newly elected chair to make appointments to the subcommittees. So reach out to the chair if you are, have interest. 
in that. Um, the subcommittees that will be appointed are the design review subcommittee, which typically meets the second and fourth Thursday, so the non-planning commission meeting Thursdays. Uh, the long-range planning projects subcommittee, which meets the third Thursday of the month prior to planning commission. The sunset arts and advertising subcommittee, which does not have set dates, but we have been stealing the second uh, Thursday of the month for that from the design review subcommittee when needed. The 1343 Laurel Avenue Visions Concept Committee, uh, which meets as needed, and the Climate Action and Adaptation Plan um, subcommittee, I guess, which meets as needed also. So that is coming up on July 6th. Um, and then after that, on July 20th, we will have a subdivision hearing for 1257 North Detroit. That is a condominium subdivision for a new building. It's not a conversion. Uh, we will be hearing um, an easement vacation, a general plan consistency finding for 8445 Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, we will be hearing a public hearing for a seven-story, 89-unit, 100% affordable housing project at 910 Weatherly Drive. And for upcoming items on subcommittees for the Planning Commission Design Review Subcommittee, we have on June 22nd, which is next week, 8025 Santa Monica Boulevard, which is um, a mixed-use project where the Bank of America used to be. Um, and then for Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee, we do not have any upcoming items. And for the Long Range Planning Projects Subcommittee, we also do not have any scheduled upcoming items. So. I'm here for any questions you may have, but that's all I've got for you. Jennifer, um, on the agenda for design review, I noticed that it's at 6 o'clock, but we, <coughs> I rec we received an email that also pointed out 5.30. It will, are we moving it back to 6 o'clock? I would defer to David Gillick. Um, the 6 o'clock was uh, by consensus officially changed by the commission, so it is 6 p.m. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Can I ask a question, Chair Jones? Yeah, please go ahead. Thank you. Hi. Um, given that we have new fun subcommittees, how many are there? Five now? Six? There's several. Yeah. A, there's a lot. Five. Uh, five? Mm -hmm. um, is it intended that people would serve on more, some people would have to serve on more than one, or how does that work? Yes. Okay, so we could theoretically request service to two. Okay. Yes. Got it. Just wanted to make sure. Thank you. Any other questions for staff? No? Okay. Uh, item 17 is public comment. David, do we have any speakers? Uh, Chair, we do. We have two speakers in chambers. Our first uh, public speaker uh, will be Christopher Jay. You'll have three minutes. And he will be followed by Sam Albaz. I hope you got your name correct. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. You got my name Good evening. My uh, name is Christopher. I'm a local resident of West Hollywood and also a gardener at the Detroit Community Gardens. And I just uh, wanted to request um, a line item in the city budget for the community gardens whenever you guys do that. That would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. And our final speaker will be Sam. Sam, you'll have three minutes. Hi, everyone. 
lovely to speak with you all. My name is Sam Elbaz. <coughs> Following Chris and echoing his statements, when it becomes time to discuss the city budget, I'd like to request the line item to be added to community gardens. It's incredibly important. As a resident here in West Hollywood, my family has been residents since 1948, and these public spaces are very well needed and incredibly loved for and brings together community. So I hope that it can stay top of mind. Thank you. Thank you. And Chair, that was our last public speaker. Great, thank you. Item 18 uh, is items from commissioners. I just wanna make a quick note, I don't usually do this, but I just wanna say, because I know you're leaving, we are the Planning Commission, which is land use and community gardens are pertinent to that, um, but please make, please come to the next city council meeting, uh, which also meets in these chambers. Check the date, I don't know when it is. Uh, sorry, Monday, I, that's I don't. Mo Monday, June 26th. Monday, June 26th. Please do come and make a comment. Uh, the city council does determine budgets for the community gardens. So appreciate you coming out and waiting this whole time uh, to speak on it. Your passion is clear, but I would really encourage you to go to city council where your voices can be heard. You, you're also welcome to send a comment to um, the person listed on the agenda packet for city council uh, in advance of the meeting. But again, please do please do come out and, and make your voices heard. I encourage you to do that. We're not really supposed to do crosstalk. I would encourage you to reach out. No, 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 it's okay. It's just a point of, weird point of order. Um, I would encourage you to reach out to the staff member. Who should, who is best person to reach? John Kehoe, okay, Kehoe. he's gonna talk to you right now. There you go. We're just bringing, bringing the community to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Any other items from commissioners? Commissioner Copeland. Thank you, Chair. Um, I wanted to thank uh, Chair Jones for her, her service and uh, for the phone call welcoming me when I made the change from rent stabilization to planning. It was quite helpful and encouraging and uh, meant a lot. And uh, thank you for uh, guiding us and corralling us in when necessary and uh, appreciate your service. Thank you so much. Congratulations to our new chair and vice chair. I know you'll do a wonderful job and uh, look forward to working with, uh, continuing to work with all of you. Thank you, that's it, Chair. Thank you. Commissioner Matos. Uh, thank you, Chair Jones. I also wanna thank you for your service to this commission. Uh, you navigated us through some, through some rough waters uh, and through some calm waters, uh, and you did that with grace and integrity, and you always gave equal time and were very fair and impartial and made sure that everyone was heard. Um, and that's deeply valued on bodies like this to make sure that every member, uh, no matter how long or how short they've been serving, is equally heard and given equal time. And I, I really commend you for that, seriously. Thank you for that. I know it's a hard job uh, and it's often thankless. Uh, so thank you. And I wanna thank my dear friends, uh, soon to be Chair Carviero and uh, Vice Chair Lombardi. I'm very excited to see both of you step into the new roles. Um, the knowledge that both of you have on the subject matter that we review here is vast and inspiring. And it's exciting to see that both of you will be stepping into these roles. And I uh, value your leadership and your friendship and your uh, colleagueship. <laughs> Thank you. Commissioner Edwards. Yeah, I'm the new guy. But I have to tell you, I've, I've watched planning from afar and and I've served on boards, I've served on commissions, and collegiality is definitely not the norm. So I want to say that I appreciate everybody here up on this dais. 
that you, you bring all your talents, but you also you bring grace. And so I appreciate everybody for that, because this was my, I think my second meeting, with like a, a good item on the agenda, and I just love to hear what everybody has to say and have that conversation. And I appreciate you know, the role of the chair of trying to bring us together. So it's not easy. It requires a lot of listening, and I really appreciate that. I've seen you from afar, some of the thornier cases, and was always amazed that at some point you all arrived at a relatively a sense of consensus. And it's not easy, and I, and I like that we, on behalf of the community, we, we establish um, something good for people to watch. So I thank everybody for that. Cool. Anybody else want to say anything? Because if not, that's a great kumbaya to end this meeting on. Thank you, everyone, for coming out who might be still watching. Uh, appreciate and value your time and your comments. Uh, I know this isn't always the way people want to spend their Thursday nights, so we do appreciate you uh, and endeavor to represent you as best we can. Um, with that, I'm going to uh, adjourn this meeting. Uh, we will adjourn. I will not, but the rest of the commission will, presumably, to a regularly scheduled meeting on Thursday, July 6th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, here in council chambers. I will be back the first meeting of August. Thank you again, everyone. Have a good night, and welcome Total Wine and More. <laughs>